With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Stadium and 
you know, a lot of people didn't have a lot of high expectations for the event. They thought the event was going to be pretty bad. It actually turned out to be a pretty good WrestleMania. Uh, what do you think, bro? Think it again? Huh? I said, yeah. I thought it was a great event. Well, that was just me, though. It was. I mean, it was one of yeah, the best I mean, ones. It was one of the best ones we had in years. Right. I mean, this year, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, you can't take away, nothing away from it. I mean, throw that entire card. I mean, it was like every match was worth watching. Yeah, indeed. I, I especially enjoyed the, the historic cash-in uh, by Seth Rollins, cashing in right in the middle of the WrestleMania main event, turning into a triple yeah. threat match, and then winning the championship. That was epic. Yes, I mean, it was, I mean, it was the first time anyone has actually cashed in to, to be in the title match, opposed to waiting on the yeah. whoever won. So, I mean, I, yeah, thought, exactly. I, mean, I thought it was great. I thought it was different. He brassed himself Rollins, right. until he earned it. From a scale to one to ten, how how happy are you that Roman Reigns didn't beat Brock Lesnar? Uh, I would say maybe a seven. I mean, because a lot of people are going to claim that he wasn't ready, which you know everybody has their opinion. I don't think he was one hundred percent ready, but I think he could have he could have still developed as a champion, but. I'm a, I'm at a seven. I'm kind of glad that they, that they went the route that they did, which is you know give the championship to to Roman, I mean to Seth Rollins, who's an everyday guy who's you know got you know get who's got that heat going for him. Wow. I mean, honestly, like I'm one of those people that just said he wasn't ready. Right. I mean. He still hasn't evolved from the shield. He still comes out to the shield's theme music, the shield's entrance, wearing the shield, wearing what he was wearing mm-hmm. when he was with the shield. Thank you, right? Yes. I mean, I see this guy now. All I see is Roman Reigns minus two. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't see this breakout star yet. I just see the muscle of shield trying to figure out how to be the brains and the voice of one. One thing that a lot of people don't sort of realize is that when he was in the shield, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins covered up a lot of his weaknesses. All he had to do was look strong. Be the muscle, not say nothing. Uh, Right over here. I mean, he didn't have much to do, but to look strong and growl every now and then. That was it. Okay. Anything beyond that, he, he was doing too much. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I just didn't see it. Like, I mean, you had these thirsty females that, that was in the uh, DMV wrestling, I mean, DMV wrestling fans. But one actually had the nerve to say that he didn't get his ass whooped. Nah, he got his ass whooped. He he got his badly. ass. Whooped. I'm sorry too. Like, he got his he got, he got his, his ass, ass whooped he, so he, badly. That like Marty said about Mar- 
Like what? Martin Lawrence said about uh, Bobby Key, he whizz ass ass. Brock Lesnar whizz ass 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 zip his ass. Exactly. That his ass so bad that he took how many Superman punches? Four. Back to back to back. Yeah. He whipped his ass so bad that I have a Suplex City bitch shirt coming in the mail, sir. <laughs> you actually bought one of those dudes. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to give me one of those. I might have to give no, me one of those mean? like in two weeks when I actually get some, some, some funds. I might have to give me one of those. <laughs> I, understand, I, understand. I mean, I saw one that matched like three kids that I got in my closet. Why not? Next lesson of that, I should have it by that. <laughs> but, that's, that's, but that's, I mean, that was honestly a terrible victory. For it to be a whole title match. I mean, yes, he gave Brock Lesnar, but you only look at the overall offense of offense, it wasn't there. I mean, he walked through the building, he walked through whatever. <laughs> If you get hit with his finishing, yeah. Brock's finish in the first place, that's pretty much what they got right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but I think another another match that I was I, I was I was looking forward to that I was pleasantly surprised by, but well not really pleasantly surprised, but I enjoyed was Undertaker and Bray Wyatt. That was a very good storytelling match uh, right there. Honestly, it was. I mean, for the simple fact that, one, a lot of people had doubts that they wasn't sure if the Undertaker was going to be able to actually hold up in that match due to how he performed last right year. Right. With the time that he took off, I honestly say that the Undertaker looked, he was in great shape. Yeah. He was actually able to go toe to toe with Ray Wyatt. Ray Wyatt. Yeah, he was I in mean, a lot better shape this go around than he was last year. I mean, I mean, complete one eight. Complete one eight. I mean, yeah, I, I, mean I was in match. I mean, that was an entertaining match. I mean, you can't take nothing away from neither competitor because I mean, they both on board. They both brought it. Mhm. Especially like the point in the match where Bray Wyatt thought he had it and he tried to do the little spider thing and he ended up uh Undertaker was sitting up and kinda of caught Bray Wyatt off guard. He was like, Oh, wait a minute. I mean, it, it was like that that was the moment when you knew the match was about to end. Yeah. It was like, Okay, Bray, you had your fun, but game over. I was like, Okay, this is about to end. I mean that was that was the fine moment of that match. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the, the look on Bray's face, it was like, it was, the look on the Bray's face, it was like, it was at that moment that Bray Wyatt realized, shit just got real. And it was like, okay, here we go. Right. That was the moment Bray was like, oh, my God. Maybe I should have, maybe I should have thought about this. Uh, okay, another match I, I thought was good. 
Another match I actually liked. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Cena versus Rusev was a good match. Yeah, it wasn't bad. That was a good match. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. I, I enjoyed Cena, it. Cena, Cena breaking out the three-boy stutter. Yeah, three-boy stutter. I was just, I was shocked. I was like, what the hell? I mean, the he broke it out again this past Monday. I know. Yeah, I saw it on Raw. I, I mean, right now it's like that was a good match. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, right. Rusev came out with the arm, with the army tanks. I thought that was hard, possibly the best entrance of the night. I'm sorry, Triple H and the Terminator theme. Nah, that was a fail. It, it really was. I mean, it was that a bigger was, fail than the whole was... than the whole Conan and Cockroach thing. Have <laughs> <laughs> to remember that. Yeah, I remember that shit too. But I mean, think about I mean, it. I mean, that, I mean, that was, honestly, a lot of people do underestimate him at times. Because I mean, his mm-hmm. granted, no matter how you feel about him, his WrestleMania matches don't be outside of the two that he had with Dwayne. Don't really be bad. I mean, his match with Shawn a few WrestleManias ago was classic. Match with Triple H was pretty classic. Yeah. I mean, this fast one with Rusev was a good match. So, I mean, I'm not going to take nothing away from it. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good match. It was a good match. Another match that I really enjoyed was um, was Randy Orton versus uh, versus uh, uh, Seth, Seth Rollins. Yes. That RKO, though. That RKO, though. Man. I don't, I don't know what the credit. Seth Rollins being able to flip himself up or Orton having the next strength to actually lift him up. Well, he was in the air for that curve stop. Dog. Either way, that shit was crazy. That shit was so crazy, yo. I mean, it was though. I mean, that I mean that was probably one of the best RKOs that he's ever done. I agree. I mean, and everybody's talking about it. as much as people can't stand Randy Orton. Everybody's talking about that RKO because that RKO was on okay. Honestly, that might that one might be up there with the Evan Bourne one. Oh man, I remember the Evan Bourne one. I remember that one. I'm a, I'm, I'm gonna get that high. But honestly, that wasn't my favorite RKO though. Mm-hmm. My favorite RKO had to be the one he did on Edge. Edge was one for the spear. He catches. Edge, two seconds before Edge actually got to Orton. Mm-hmm. I never seen nobody counter a spear like like that. I mean, that, that was an amazing one. Another All one right. would be the one he did on Jeff Hardy. I forgot which trick review it was. It was when he was champion. Jeff Hardy was one for the oh. next debate. R- R- uh, Royal Rumble 2008. Okay. Matter of fact, it was Royal Rumble. Because I was watching that Royal Rumble a few weeks ago, and I remember seeing that. And I remember that was when um, Mike Adamley Mike Adamley had that botch and called him Jeff Harvey. Oh my god! I don't even want to <laughs> think about the whole Mike Adamley thing. From him being announced to Mike Adamley as a GM. Mike Adamley was the best general manager WWE's ever seen. Ha <laughs> ha! I will beat your ass if anybody believes that. 
But no, that RKO was off the chain, though, man. I mean, it's just that's. I, I mean, mean, like I said, that RKO is still talked about two weeks later. Exactly. Man, oh man, and then um, that seven man Intercontinental Title um, ladder match. That was a yes. pretty good match too, man. They had some spots on there. It's just like, oh damn, really? Honestly, like, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna lie. That was the only match coming into WrestleMania that I really wanted to see between that and Sting versus Triple H. That was it. Right. Okay. Honestly, because I mean, think yeah, about I couldn't it. wait I mean, for Sting versus Triple H. H. That match was pretty good too. That was a great match. I'm not a fan of how it ended. Right. I mean, not even the fact that Triple H won. It was the fact that okay, he need he needed Sean to get the job done. Right. It was like he could, he couldn't. And then on top of that, did you see? And did you see all the bruises they had on him though? Yeah. That was bruising, man. That bruising was crazy, yo. It's like, what the hell? I mean, it's something a lot of match though. I mean, think about it. You had Daniel Bryan, you had Ziggler, you had Dean Ambrose. All true. Stardust. Poor Goldust. You had oh. Dean, I mean, not Dean, uh, Bad News Barrett. I think I'm missing one. Prince Carpenter. It was, it was, it was, it was Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryant, Dean Ambrose, uh, Luke Harper, R-Truth. Yeah, that's what I Luke Harper. R-Truth, uh, Stardust. And uh, it was one more Bama. Bad news. Yeah, bad news, Barrett. Yeah, that was a good match. It was good to see, you know, Daniel Bryant now get the career grand slam by getting the um, the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, another thing that kind of was, like, crazy was, have you seen the new look of Sheamus? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I By the sound of your voice, I don't think you're digging it. I'm just saying, I mean, he comes back with a mohawk and, like, five spikes in his beard. Like, come on, dog. Really? He, he like, yeah. the Pirates used to fight. <laughs> he looks like something. Hey. Yo. I, I'm, I'm not like saying he like one of the He like one of the Power Ranger bosses or something. <laughs> he, I mean, he like the Irish. Remember, he like if Sons of, if Sons of Anarchy was shot in Ireland, you would have <laughs> I mean, the Mohawk would be uh, no. He like a pale pirate. Porcelain <laughs> pirate. That's his new gimmick. They should bring God, Paul Burchill back, and they, they and they could be a tag team. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, but his attitude, he got this. He got this attitude. He back healed again. So, you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, what else you want? Keep him face. 
I guess he, they thought he, he could be like seen and be fake for like fifteen million years. Nah, because I mean, think, I mean, to be a face, you have to really not only interact with the interact with the crowd, but you have, really have to be able to sell it. I mean, for most wrestlers, it's easy for them to be a heel. Is there than it is for them to be an actual face. I mean, it's one thing to be a face and have the support, and it's another thing to be a face and actually have the crowd behind you as a face. Mm. I mean, Seamus was never really a believable face to me. Always looked at him as a heel. Ever since he powerbombed Jamie Noble, Outside of the ring, on the concrete, it was hard for me to see him as a face. <laughs> right. I ain't gonna lie, that power bomb lives in eternity in my mind. I will never forget about that. That was probably one of the best moments of the PG era. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, after that, I mean, Jamie Noble never stepped in the ring after that. Like, game over. Seven years later, he'd be part of the J&J Security. The 2015 version of uh, Briscoe and Patterson. But the only difference is, he didn't come back as a bunch of 50 and 60 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that Briscoe and Patterson was actually better. True that. I don't, yeah, know, I, mean, I don't know some of the tables in wrestling that had that has a security team of two cruiserweights. Hmm. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, how you how your security team would yeah. be smaller than Kane and Big Show? So right. How 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 is your security team going to be smaller than fucking Stephanie McMahon? Like, come on, Al. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, both of them are small. I mean. Jamie yeah, Noble's no taller than five seven, and um, Joey Mercury he's five nine. Both of them are barely two hundred pounds. Barely two hundred. Right. Right. I look at them. I'm like, shoot, Briscoe and Patterson is more is more is more believable now in their seventies and eighties than James J. Scary are. The Stooges. <laughs> Stooges. All they missing is Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. I guess Kane's supposed to be Sla- Sergeant Slaughter now. Since he That's has power. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, Sergeant Slaughter was what, the commissioner at that time? Yeah, he was the commissioner of the WWF, and he did nobody give a rat's ass what he had to say. He, ain't, he wasn't shit. Exactly. Just like right now, Kane ain't shit either. Exactly. He's corporate Kane. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's crooked eye slaughter. <laughs> All right. Damn, right. crooked eye slaughter though. Crooked eye slaughter. I mean, think about it. I mean, he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have the the chin. So I mean, he's a crooked eye slaughter. That's all he is. He's a crooked eye slaughter. Here comes chin 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 chin. Man. Chin, 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 chin. Okay, That's Sergeant chin. Slobber. <laughs> man, man. It was, it, I mean, that was his 
Sean Parker used to clap shit out of Sergeant Slaughter every chance he got in the attitude here. He's like, okay, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that was when he was in his worst shape, though. Like, he had that gut that just uh-huh. rolled over his, over his waist. He, <clears throat> he had that chin that just, eh. Then he was spit when he was talking. Oh. I was like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, okay, Sergeant Slobber. <laughs> yeah, he he take oh, over there on his ass, boy. Anyway, but no, I mean, I'm just, I'm liking, you know, I'm liking somewhat where WWE is going. It seems like they're getting a little bit, a little bit more edgier with their approach. Non-PG. I just, yeah. But people just don't seem to understand that you can't replicate an era like the Attitude Era because it just happened. It happened so naturally, exactly. and it just ran its course. You have to create your own era. Like, we had the PG era, and now it looks like we're going into a new era. Now, what that era will be called is up for debate, but, you know, you can't replicate the Attitude Era because the Attitude Era in and of itself was just something that just was classic. You know, you had some of the I mean, most the classic era was something that classic had moments the in that era. era was something that had to happen because I mean, without <coughs> the attitude era, WWE was going to die. They lost that Monday Night War. I mean, the attitude era was something that was thrown together, was put together. It took the entire roster to sell it. You know, you're like, right yeah, about okay. that. I mean, I give them credit. It they happened. More edgy. I mean, I want to see what, it, how far can they go with it, though. I don't want to just. I also want to see more time getting pushed. I want to see new time get pushed. I see that I noticed the I noticed on Raw that New Day might be on a might be on the path to a serious heel turn. I mean, it was something small right. like. I mean, tripping your opponent's leg up. The third man not being in the match, but I mean I know it's it. <laughs> I mean it's enough to, to get them started on that heel turn. But here's where I would go with New Day. They need a serious older, a serious veteran to really guide them. They need an R two for Mark Henry to be that vocal leader of that group. I mean, granted, no, neither right. one of them are really that great on the mic. Well, I, I'm not going to knock you because Hill R. Truth was classic. His promos were funny. <clears throat> but, I mean, they need that They need that experienced veteran that can really sell that gimmick. I mean, right. new, new day could be the new nation. That's why I was hoping my family was actually... But apparently, it, actually, it was yeah. all over the internet that um, they were going to make them the new nation until the whole shit with Ferguson happened, and then that's when they switched it up to New Day. Honestly, I, I wouldn't have pulled a plug on it because, I mean, I mean, I, I probably would have delayed it, but I wouldn't have, because, I mean, this, this, new, this new Day thing, nah. Nah. This is possibly one of the worst gimmicks I've ever seen. I mean, shoot, the Brooklyn Brawler is more is more appealing to me than the New Day. I'm like, no. I mean, you got Big E trying to 
preach and 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 clap. I don't know about you, but every time he does, every time he claps, his eyes get wide open. He claps repeatedly, repeatedly like he's having a seizure. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, I mean, I can't understand it. This whole New Day gimmick is not working. I'm sorry, WWE, once again, when it comes to African-American wrestlers, you once again drop the ball. Please, WWE, no more stereotype gimmick. Leave the stereotypes alone, please. Get away from them. It's not a fellow. Well, I'm right there with oh, you, wow. man. I, I think they, they need to start with the, the stereotypical type of gimmicks. The uh, only problem is that it won't stop. I mean, that just seems to be the only way they see us, to see us in the wrestling ring, is, you know, these jigaboo coons that do, you know, the same things that most black people do that perpetuate these stereotypes. Honestly, they they need to get away from that. Again, I mean, you don't see too many. You don't see that. Do, you don't see them doing that with Caucasian wrestlers. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, last time they did it when they, you know, um, they had uh, uh, Garrison, Garrison and Cage. Uh, be a bunch of rednecks and everything like that. They were a hell of a tag team. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were a good tag team, sure. The fact that yeah. Cade actually lasted longer than I thought he was going to last. Right. Right. No, I'm right there with you. I think Trevor that, yeah. Murdoch. <laughs> Gareth and Cade and Trevor Murdoch, boy. Them two bamas. But um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you're right. They need to. They need to. They, if they're gonna have African Americans be in this, they have to not, you know, perpetuate the stereotype. They have to not perpetuate the stereotype at all. Because if they do, then it's gonna be a problem. They continue to do it, it's gonna be a problem. But of course. So. Well, like we've had our fill of wrestling for right now, so I just saw I saw something appear on my timeline earlier today that, as of today, seven years after it happened, all five individuals involved in the death of Sean Taylor have all been convicted. Exactly. Exactly. I only want to get my thoughts on exactly. I mean, the fact that one, it took this long. I mean, why? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just just is justice. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing about the the legal system is that even though it goes at a crawl, it will, you know, it will make it make it it will work. Um. Like I said, it, was, it took seven years. Just about, it took seven years to, you know, you know, to put these guys away, all five of them. But 
you know, it, whether it took seven years or 17 years, as long as it happened, and those two, those five are gone now, yeah. So now they're all five of them are going away for a long time, pretty much the rest of their lives. Chantala, prayers out to your family, to your baby girl. I mean, being a being a, a Redskins fan, I mean, that was one of the most devastating losses in our franchise, in the history of our oh, franchise. Because yeah. I mean, when he Definitely. when he when that happened, it devastated an entire team. It devastated I mean, the league for the most part. I mean, because you there were it, yeah, there it were a lot of devastated the league, but I mean, it, I mean, it affect. I mean, it's, it hurt us hard for years. I mean, technically, yeah. it still hurts. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a very painful, sobering um, experience, and I mean, you know, even though now seeing that all five of the individuals responsible are now gone. For the rest, you know, are now you know locked away. You know, it's still just like man, it shouldn't even happen that way. It shouldn't even happen. Exactly. And then you know, speaking of, say, prayers you out, know, because prayers we, out to his family. And then also send out prayers to the family of the three individuals who were killed in that um, Boston Marathon bombing two years ago. It'll be two years ago next Wednesday. It'll be the two-year anniversary, and a week before that two-year anniversary, one of the men responsible has been found guilty of all 30 counts with with the involvement in that that in that situation. And I think they said 17 of those 30 counts all make him eligible for the death penalty. That motherfucker will die. Shit. That motherfucker will die. All 30 counts he's found guilty. All 30. Huh? I'm not promoting suicide. I'm not promoting suicide. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I'm not either. But after that verdict, he might as well because he's gonna he's gonna probably get death. They're gonna probably sentence him to death, most likely. Yeah. Hopefully that brings some that'll bring some closure and that'll you know, bring some some kind of you know, sense of justice to those families, the families of the deceased and the families of those who were injured in that attack. You know, and you know, this guy can this guy can honestly burn in hell for all I get. I mean, that's where his brother's already burned in the hell. His brother got off easy. He died in a shootout. I mean, I, and I'm pretty sure when they I remember want, when he did the Boston ball. Marathon. Boston, yeah, I'm pretty sure this will be very strong. This will be a very strong, very strong 
thing to look at when they um when they reconvene for the Boston Marathon coming up is that one of the men responsible for causing such a disturbance to you though is gonna be pretty much out of here. Yeah. Present to all the families that were affected by Prayers out to the city of Boston that was affected by Prayers out to everyone around the world that was affected by Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I actually remember my reaction to that two years ago. I mean, I actually saw, I actually saw the story on Facebook. That's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was definitely thinking, like, like, for real? I mean, one of the most well-known sport events in this country. And it had, I mean, you had some buttholes that thought it would be cool to, oh. Right. 17 out of 30. Seventeen nine thirty, boy. Make him eligible for the government. Yep. Yep, yep, that's what it is. And so that's why I say he, he's pretty much done for. Pretty much done for. But, you know, he is what it is. Um, so, how much of the NCAA tournament did you watch after the first couple of rounds? Or their fans and their players. Exactly. I don't think anybody saw Duke going on and winning, especially with K- with Kentucky working with perfection. I saw some glitch. I saw some glitches with Kentucky. Though. I mean, on pay. I mean, they were the perfect team, but they got comfortable. They finally played another number one seed. And what happened? They got beat. Wisconsin, but I find it. But it was. It was crazy though that they went out and started. They went out and started like, um, you know, you know, trying to uh, ride and all that other shit. You know, after they lost. Man. That's the, that's the part I I, I think is I, 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 that's what me like. I mean, I. Okay, y'all lost. Y'all first of the season ended a game short, okay, which I thought was going to happen. That didn't play. Get over it. I mean, I honestly, from the team to the fans, I thought that was possibly very fast. Where? No, but you know what else got me, though, was, um, was the, uh, was the uh this one dude 
still left in the stadium after the loss to the band is Kentucky Jersey crying. And all I can sit there, all I can do is sit there and be like, you going to cry in the car. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I felt kind of bad for him because I'm like, he really takes this shit seriously. He was sitting there all by himself. He didn't have no friends, no allies, no classmates, nothing. It was just him sitting there crying. I was like, damn, he going to cry in the car. Yeah. But, I mean, that just goes to show you, you know, the passion that exists with college sports. That, you know, that that's how people react when their teams, you know, do what they do and then all of a sudden have that heartbreak. That just goes to show you what happens, you know. And it's it's, it's crazy. That's, that's the right. – that's the passion, though. That is the passion. Here's the part I used to go. For every single one of the you know how You know, I already know how that was received by the media. Kentucky, they lose, they ride. And you hear nothing from the media. Like, it, like it's acceptable. Yeah. That's all you can do, just leave it right there. I mean, uh, but yeah, this this tournament definitely was very, you know, wasn't as predictable as many people as as you thought. You know, everybody assumed that you know Kentucky was going to win it all. They end up getting beat in the final four. Um, only three of the of the of the four number one seeds made it to the final four, with Michigan State being there as a seventh seed out of their region. Um, and it was just it was it was definitely a, a unique tournament, and it definitely will get you know give you some ideas you know what to expect you know next year, especially from you know some of the local teams like Maryland. You know Maryland. Ended up being the second best team in the Big Ten, and ended up being a fourth seed in their region. They made it to the second round before being ousted by West Virginia. Uh, so, and they're going to be returning most of their starters from this year next year. So you got to think that they're going to be a strong favorite what a nice, what a nice, what a nice uh, next year. What's a nice one? So, I mean, it, it, next year should be, I mean, like I said, I mean, preseason, they got around the range. They got around the range. Yeah. Who wants to make a playoff picture? Your thoughts on the Oklahoma oh, yeah. NBA and NHL getting ready to go into their playoffs. You have OKC, who's now the ninth, their ninth place. They trail the New Orleans Pelicans by half game. New Orleans, the Pelicans actually have won the last five out of six games. They have been real. They have been really happy. What's going on with the Thunder? 
I mean, you have KD uh, who's hurt. You have Serge Apollo who's hurt. But you telling me that this team doesn't have enough around it to overcome and get into the postseason? Obviously not. Obviously not. Like you're saying that right now. Like I mean, you saying you saying Westbrook putting up MVP numbers, but his team is still struggling. That's not good. Because I mean, they got demolished by Spurs. I mean, this is this is what this is how I look at it. I look at it like this: if you if your team is set up where your you know two of your best players go down and you don't have the depth, you don't have the depth to to you know maintain momentum. Then even if you make the playoffs, you're not going to make a run in the playoffs. Obviously because you don't have enough depth to be able to make such a run. And that's, you know, that's what OKC's looking like. They're, gonna, they're looking like that even if they make the playoffs, they're going to be a, they're gonna be done in, in the first round. They're not going to make a run at all. It's just not going to happen because they just don't have the depth to be able to, do, to make that playoff run and play a five- or seven-game series. It's just not going to happen. Honestly, if Kevin Durant was to come back, that starts to be a different story. Because I'm still not going to go to six. Now, even if they do sneak into the playoffs without KD, they don't stand a chance. They won't win one game against Golden State. They don't have they don't have it to muster up a win. I don't see Golden State going that far in the playoffs. They might make it. To, I'll get them second round at best. I don't see them really making it to the Western Conference Finals. I'm just not going over yet. <clears throat> this is a team that lives off of taking bad shots. A lot of a lot of those bad shots go in, but like the Spurs exposed them on Sunday. You force them into those bad shots. You make them stay out of the paint. And the Golden State Warriors are just a high school team. They are young. They have a bright future ahead of them. But right now, they're not ready to win the championship. Or at least compete with Right, and then, you know, still taking focus on the playoffs, I wonder how can, you know, how will the Pacers, you know, deal with this closing stretch of the season with one of their players um, being out after being stabbed? I don't know. Honestly, I think the Pacers, I, I think the Pacers' time is pretty much done. I mean, last season when they lost to Miami, that was their the play moment. They entered the playoffs as the number one seed last year and couldn't really get it done. They, I mean, coming in this year, I mean, I don't see them going. I, I just don't. I think they're done. This time, their claim to fame is already had. I mean, they might change it up next year and get better. 
with a return with a healthier Paul George, but right now I just don't see it right now. I think they're done. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that they might be, it might be done. And Atlanta, they two of their players were under arrest in connection with that incident with the Pacers player, and they're actually the talks of the number one overall seed in the in the, in the East. Just like Golden State, I don't see Atlanta going that far. You don't think so? You don't think they can they can at least make a make a some kind of a run? Second round. I don't see them matching up against Uh, spot in the playoffs. 
Uh, last night, the the New York Rangers clinched the President's Cup. Now, for those of you out there who don't know what the President's Cup means, that means that they are the they are that that gives you the title of the best hockey team in the um, NHL because you scored the most points out of every NH all thirty one other NHL teams. Um, and, and on the season, and because of that, you get what's called the Presidents Cup, which um, the Rangers have, which means that everybody's going to be gunning for them when it comes down to the um, the postseason and uh, to, to the postseason or the Stanley Cup playoffs. There. I'm gonna tell you something. The Rangers, the Rangers, they're the Presidents Cup. They're their Presidents Cup. They got the Presidents Cup, but they gonna get in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And like that brother said in that freestyle, they gonna get this work. Yeah, they honestly, post like I said, about the NBA Continue 
play. How effing embarrassing is that? That is embarrassing. Very embarrassing. What do you think? Oh, that's embarrassing. But the fact that, I mean, your first impression of the new season is your roof not being able to close. I just think that's so embarrassing that you have a retractable roof and you live in Miami. You're you play in Miami for Christ's sake. I visited South Florida just last year and that weather is unpredictable. I mean, a rainstorm can come out of nowhere, given how you know any kind of shift in the in a system. And you know, it's you should have a you should pony up the money to have a meteorologist there. That way, you can avoid this kind of crap. Period. Yeah, I mean that that easily could have been avoided. I mean, that's not the way that you. That you or any team should ever start a season for one season. All you gonna see is that happening on Sports Center not top ten. <laughs> That's all you gonna see. Right. But I know one thing. No, I'm excited about this season because you know the Nats have made some moves and. You know, they, they're they the defending National League each champions. You know, a lot of people are pretty much predicting they'll repeat as the champions. Um, and it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see how, to, how it plays out, see if, if, St., if um, St. Louis will end up back in the World Series again or if um, San Francisco will end up back in the World Series again and, be, and repeat as champions. Um so it's going to be I'm, I I can't wait. I'm you know, it's a 162 game season, but I just I can't wait to see how this season's going to turn out. Uh, I mean, I I'm, I'm right here with you. I want to see the you know, Kansas City Royals do what they did last season. I don't want to wait another 29 years to see them into the postseason. I mean, I'm granted that's not my team, but what they did last season Especially in the postseason, where they barely got in, yeah, get them credit. Because I mean, that was one of the best postseason runs I've seen ever. They had to play one game to get in. You win that game, and you sweep through the entire American League playoffs. I mean, right. you swept the number one and number two seed. Right. Then you take the defending chance in seven games. Right, yeah, that exactly. So you gotta wonder what kind of what the what are they gonna to bring to the table this go around? What are they gonna to bring to the table this year? Are they gonna actually you know, make a you know, make that same run or make it have a better regular season? Exactly. I mean so many yeah, I can't wait to see how that so many goes. questions. So many questions, they're gonna all be they're gonna be answered. You know, by the time September, October rolls around, but right now it's only April, so it's just you know we're just getting started. Just getting started. And speaking of April, 
This week coming up is a is a week that golf fans always look forward to. It's Masters Week. Uh, the Masters tournament kicks off tomorrow morning uh, with the ceremony. Your first uh, uh, opening tee shot by uh, honorary tea, uh, starters. Uh, usually it's uh, either Arnold, it's Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, I believe, and someone else. I don't know who's going to be starting this year, but. You know, the big story out of the Masters is that Tiger Woods, who has not played in a tournament since withdrawn back in February, is going to be a part, part of the Masters' field, uh, is going to be a part of the field of the Masters. Now, he's won this tournament, I believe, four times, so he's looking for his fifth green jacket. Uh, of course, Bubba Watson's in the field. He's the defending champion. Uh, Phil Mickelson, who's a two-time Masters champion, is in the field. And other Masters champions are in the field. Of course, with the Masters, if you win one green jacket, you get a lifetime exemption to the Masters, and you can play at the Masters as long as you can play golf. Um, so that's, that's, that's that right there. Um, so, But that's a big story. Tigers, you know, playing in the Masters. But he also made big headlines today at the Par 3 contest when he was out there playing the Par 3 annual Par 3 contest with his children, uh, Sam, Samantha, and um, and Charlie, his daughter and his son, and even had a, a part where his daughter um, tapped in one of his putts at towards the end. Now, of course, it got him disqualified, but and most of the players out there do that with their kids and everything like that, which is pretty awesome. Um so, but I'm interested to see how Tiger Woods is going to do. I've having been off of tournament golf for two months, uh, how he's going to do uh, on a track that, if the weather's right, it could be very firm, hard, and fast, and it's pretty much tree line for the most part, which means he's crooked off the tee too much. It's going to be hard to get around that course and, and win. You have a point, yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that it's going to end up being a very competitive tournament. Like I said, last year, Bubba Watson won. Um, he, he won it. He's the defending champion. You also got to take into account, you know, other past champions that are in there, like Bill Mickelson, um, Ernie Els, and others. Um, so I'm going to try to keep – I'm going to try to pay attention to it. It's kind of hard for me to pay attention to it because, you know, I'm trying to keep, you know, stay, you know, try to run after my son, who I'm trying to run after right now because he keeps trying to get mm-hmm. into everything. He should be in bed. He's at that age now. He's at the age where he wants to be—he wants to just get into everything, and he needs to be in bed. And he's not in bed, and he keeps wanting to touch everything, and he's going to get in trouble if he does. But um, yeah, I'm gonna—I'm gonna try to check out the Masters this weekend. I'm, I'm excited. As someone who's a big golf fan, I'm excited. It should be interesting. All of my golf followers, the Masters this weekend. I know y'all. Yep, Masters this weekend. 
ESPN and CBS will have the coverages Thursday through Sunday. Definitely check it out. And I reckon we could talk football. Of course. Why not? Hey, like, what about that? What about that story that was posted up on our group page earlier uh, about the running back from Baylor who is now permanently ineligible to play due to the fact that they said he took benefits from someone, and the catch was that he was homeless. You wanna you wanna tell the people about that one? Honestly, I didn't even. I must have missed that one. Hold on, because I know I know it was posted. I know it was posted. It was po- it was posted on on our group page on uh, TSOCS presents the Skybox for those of you who want to, you know, check that out. Yeah, it was posted by Poetry uh, around four something this afternoon. It was a it was a article from Sports Illustrated where he where a uh, running back for Baylor. Has been made, deemed permanently ineligible because you know, he was homeless. He was once homeless, and because he accepted a place to live and other things from someone, he was ruled ineligible to um, to play college football. They said that he violated. Um, let me see. I got the article okay, up right yeah. now. I'm just trying to. Yeah, I got the article up now. I'm just trying to read it so that way, you know, we can I can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, Baylor running back on Cedar. Yeah. He was ruled permanently ineligible by the NCAA violating rules by receiving gifts. Um, a 21-year-old was homeless when he walked on, to, on at Baylor in June of, two, of last year. In February, he was informed by a school official that he was off the team pending investigation for accepting improper benefits. Um, it says here that he received the benefits he received were he accepted the benefits that he accepted were a place to live, uh, food, and financial support given to him by acquaintances from home in Bakersfield, California, uh, as. He detailed in a tweet back in February, um, March the 25th, he was informed that he was permanently ineligible, and he was permanently ineligible, and um, he wasn't even upset about it. You know, he just was like, you know, it is what it is. Um. So yeah, that's that's how that was. It is what it is, and that's how you can have to, you know. Deal, deal with it. That's how you deal with it. Like, it is what it is. Just keep moving. I mean, he even said it was a relief, which, you know, sometimes when you're in a situation where, you know, you know you've done something or you haven't done something and you know there's going to be consequences that can include you losing out on your livelihood, sometimes you just are relieved to, like, finally have it done. I just feel for the kid, though, because he had no place to live, and someone decided to give him a place to live and some, you know, clothes to put on his back and everything like that. And because he was a student athlete and he wasn't supposed to accept those kind of things, he now can't play football in college anymore, which kind of – I think that kind of stinks, in my opinion. I think that really stinks, but that's just me. 
honestly, uh, it does thing. I mean, I look at this as another case where a booster took advantage of a boy kid. Yeah, but apparently, I mean, according to the article, it wasn't a booster. It was uh, acquaint- it was acquaintances from his hometown. It wasn't like it was happened uh, in Waco. <clears throat> it happened outside of Waco in California. So that's what even makes it even more like, what the hell? It's because it didn't even happen in the town where the college is. It happened in his hometown. And it could have been somebody who has no connection to the school whatsoever. Not one thing. Probably didn't. This probably was people who probably didn't even know where Baylor was located. Who wanted to help somebody they know out. But yet, this man gets punished and can't play football now because of it. I just think it's, you know, this may be a part. This may be a, a, a chance right that I haven't done in a while. But I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. I think that. These, you know, in, in that young man's situation where he's homeless, has nowhere to live. I mean, yes, granted, when he's at Baylor, he can live in a dorm. He lives in a dorm. Yes, he lives in a dormitory. He gets his, um, you know, three squares a day, you know, as a student athlete and whatnot. But you got to also remember he was a walk-on, which means he wasn't under scholarship, which means he oh, may not have the same perks as, you know, some of the athletes on his team that are, you know, scholarship athletes. So, you know, if this if this you know if this young man gets given a, a place to stay, food on his food in his belly, and clothes on his back from someone who knows him that has no connection with the school, who in the hell are you, NCAA, to judge and to say no, you can't do that and because you did it, you can't play football anymore? How dare you? Now you're going to basically put you, put yourself in a situation where there are going to be young kids out there who are in the same situation, and someone's going to offer them, hey, you know, you can come stay at my place for a little while uh, when you're out of school and, you know, things like that, and you'll be fine. They'll be like, no, I can't do it because if I do it, then I'm not going to be able to play football. You're going to have a bunch of homeless kids who are coming from rough neighborhoods who can't accept, you won't be able to accept help from friends because they're going to be worried about their eligibility. That's the message that's being sent here. That's the message being sent here, and I don't like that message one goddamn bit. I don't. I think it's the wrong message to send. I think that you need to, like, this kid right here should not have even, it shouldn't even have been put in the play because, again, unless these acquaintances from his hometown don't do our boosters who have a connection to Baylor, I think this is all a bunch of horse shit. And I think that this kid just got screwed, and I don't like it. And that's that's all I have to say about that. How about that? First chance that in a long time, and it, it was that. It, it really was. Honestly, I agree with you, champ. I mean, for the simple fact that one, okay, he did receive help. At the same time, the kid was homeless. He had no place to go. He was living on the street. He, he got help from someone that had no affiliation to Baylor University or the NCAA. The thing is this. Every homeless kid that gets a walk, that's going to walk on scholarship. I mean, is this going to be your method now? I mean, this is what we're going to do every time? I mean, every time? Because, I mean, there are a lot of walk-on athletes out there who do not the same benefit as scholarship athletes. So we don't know his rules and situation. 
he probably wasn't able to get free get free food from the university. He probably possibly wasn't eligible to do something as living the dorm for free. We don't know his situation. But the NCAA to actually ban him from football, I mean, honestly, that is too hard. That, I mean, that's actually, I mean, for their reasons alone, I mean, no. I mean, it sets the wrong example. I'm at the point where the NCAA should either let them work or they need some kind of financial compensation for all all of the millions that they exploit off of these athletes. So this is getting ridiculous. This has gotten so bad to the point where, I mean, we getting stories about this. They're taking money from the homeless. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree. I think it's just, like I say, it's, it's, it's absolute crap. It's absolute crap because it's just, you know, how the hell are you going to sit here and say that, we, you know, this young man deserves to not be able to play football when he was when he received help from, you know, when he received help from someone who has no connection with the. You know, has no connection with the, the program. You know, nothing. I think it's, it's ridiculous, and I don't, I don't like it. Like, and that's all I have to say about that. Once again, they want they they want to stop. They overkill the situation to the point where now. It's really going to do a lot. It's really going to hurt a lot of student athletes. Welcome Correct. Scholarship, et cetera. I mean, this is not right. the, the example that you want to set. <laughs> yep. No, I'm, I agree. I, I agree. I think this is, again, this is just not the right message you want to send. But, you know, of course, the NCAA can care less about that. They, you know, they just feel like that's what they need to do. Exactly. So. Oh, let's, let's move on to another story. Yeah, we have about 15 minutes left. Yep. Denver, Denver Broncos starting defensive back Akeem Salib is under investigation for assault in Dallas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, he's under investigation for an early assault on Wednesday. Well, today. Hmm. That's crazy. That's, that, that's crazy. But, I mean, what else can you do? I mean, it's, you know, talk about assault in Dallas. I mean, it seems like, you know, it seems like that's the only hitting that comes from people in Dallas are people who don't play for the Cowboys. I'm just saying. 
But anyway, I mean, but I these dudes, these these NFL folk man, they they must be bored. They must be really bored during the off season because they don't. They just always seem to get into trouble during the off season. It's like you know. Go well, find something to do. Find a hobby. From get a job. From do reading, something. I I agree with you. From reading this article, it was it it's uh it's actually saying that Sweet wasn't the one that fired off their gun. It was one of the mm-hmm. guys that was apparently with them. It was him. Yeah, and but his, my problem was another guy. Yeah, but my problem is that he done put himself in that situation where he where he he's put in a situation where he can't be put under investigation for something, and he shouldn't it shouldn't have to be that way. He should just you know like I said, find something to do in all season. You know, find something to do. You know, you know, my read a book, read several books, get a job, volunteer, as a professional athlete or someone who's in the line, you have to be responsible for the company that you keep. Meaning the people that you hang out with, you are alive I mean, are a liability to you at all times. Meaning certain people that you, you just you shouldn't be hanging with once you established a certain level. You're in a position, uh-huh. position where you live in your boyhood dream. You are in a position where you, you play in an actual football You're doing something that so many people want to do that wasn't good enough to do. And you're throwing it away because of the crowd that you hang with. Right. That's why I'm like, some of these cats that they either, you know, lose. You gotta, you gotta look yeah. at who you've been hanging around with. You need to look at who can you hang with after you get money. It's not gonna make you look bad. Exactly. It's exactly. not gonna get your name in the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's, it is what it is. They, they just need to wash the property they keep and just. Keep, you know, stay out of that kind of crap. And like I said, during the off season, find something to do with your time. You know, work out a lot more. You know, get a second job. Spend your time with your family. Things like that. I mean, there's just you know, situations where you're caught in either sexual assaults or physical assaults or under investigation for any kind of crimes or anything like that. Go do something with yourself. Go do something with yourself. There's nothing wrong with going out. My thing, it goes back to what I was just saying. Like, it's all about the company that you decide to keep around you. There's certain people that you can't be around when you reach a certain level of success in your life. Mm-hmm. They become a liability to you in your brand. Right. Because once you become a professional athlete, you're just not an athlete. You're a business. Exactly. You're a business. You're a brand. You're stock. <laughs> I mean, you're a so many things. Some of these don't understand that. 
Some of these youngins don't your, understand it. Hell, some of the old players don't even understand it. But of course, I mean, honestly, a lot of them wasn't taught this before they got drafted. I mean, it's amazing that you get so many athletes who come out of college not knowing nothing about checking accounts or how to balance a checkbook. They don't know, know right. nothing about business, endorsements, incentives. Mm. Right. They don't know nothing about branding or that they're doing more. Everything that they do is deeper than just playing football. Mm-hmm. I think all professional athletes need to have a course they are into that. Before the, these universities send them off to be drafted by their respective sports, they need to groom them for that aspect of their lives. Not just getting ready to give them a degree in them reimbursing the university, but actually help them become better adults, better players, better role models, and uh-huh. teaching them how to build their brains. Yes, yes, I'm, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. So that's what needs to happen um, because, again, you got stories like what's going on with the kids to leave, and, you know, it's not just football. It's not just football. I mean, all sports. I mean, look at the crap going on with the um, Pacers player and the Atlanta Hawks player and then the players from the Phoenix Suns and, you know, things like that, and then, you know, Josh Hamilton and baseball relapsing on cocaine and things like that. I mean, yeah. it's not just football. All professional sports need to have something in place to help these young kids that are coming out of college know that they're not just playing a sport. They're a professional, they're a business, they're a brand, and they need to, you know, they need to be one. They need to act like one. They need to present themselves as that. But of course. I mean, you look at. I mean, you look at. You know, golf. Look at golf. I mean, golf is a, is considered a gentleman's game. Most people out there, most of the golfers out there, you know, they're very, you know, they're you know they're very professional like, they very you know very business like and everything like that. I mean, yeah, you have a couple of golfers who are not of the normal of the norm when it comes to the typical golf player, but you know, but for the most part, golf is an honorable game with gentlemen. You know, and then on the ladies' side, you know, it's an honorable game with ladies, um, things of that nature. Um, but some of these other professional sports, they need something in place to try to keep their players, keep their, you know, pe- the people part of this, their game from putting themselves in that situation. You know, exactly. to, I mean, I know at the, I know at the combine, I know at the, um, the combine, I think it's at the combine, either at the combine or the rookie symposium after they're drafted where they learn about, um, they, you know, they have those rookie symposiums where they, um, veterans speak to them about, you know, different things 
you know, to expect when they're in the NFL and everything like that. But I just think they need to do more. That's just me. They need to do more than just a once-a-year rookie symposium for incoming rookies and then be like, okay, that's that's all you need to know, and then send them on the way and hope that they can retain that years down the line. I think that every you know every rookie that comes in should go through the symposium at least once a year to get a reminder of how they should supposed to you know conduct themselves. You know, I mean, honestly, honestly, that's what right. I think. I mean, uh, honestly, because for real, I, a lot of pros need the symposium as well. So they don't exactly. either continue to do dumb shit or to for the ones that really need to be reminded why they're here. And this is true this is absolutely this is this is something absolutely that needs to be brought up and worked on for real because you do that, you'll you know you won't have such negative press negative press for the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. I mean, the NHL doesn't have that much negative press, but they do have some negative headlines. But I mean, mostly the NBA and the NFL uh, definitely need to consider this. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. You, you ain't lying. All right. But well, we got less than five minutes left. So, I mean, should we go ahead and shut it down now, or quickly talk about something else, or what, what, what are we gonna do here? Anything else you want to talk about? Well, I do want to say um, I can't wait for Saturday. I'll be up at the BWA Arena for uh, their big event known as Hell on Earth uh, this Saturday. I can't wait oh. to be there. It could be a lot of fun. Damn, that's right. Yeah. Our boy Stewie wrestling. Yep. Stewie's wrestling for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh gets Q Star as one of the main events. This will be a, it's gonna be fun. You know, if you guys are in the um the Baltimore area, look them look up B E W A and come check it out. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean for my true wrestling fans who love the real wrestling, that is stuff that you see on T V. The B W A is awesome. I mean it's that pure wrestling that a lot of you are missing. Right. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait to be there. Start at 12. It's going to be awesome. But that's all I have to talk about. <laughs> I guess we can go ahead and run down and, you know, do the rundown. Yeah, you might as well. Let's go ahead and do it. Okay. Thursday night. I forgot we got my check tomorrow. Thursday night we have our music show for those who enjoy all forms of music. My check has everything that you need. We have all flavors. We have everything from hip hop to jazz, from R and B to rock. Join me, DC Street Champ. Eddie Kane, as we give you some of the hottest sounds that you that you haven't heard yet. Mike Check starts at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Friday night, for those who need an 
need insights on love, relationships, situationships, etc. His and hers is a show for you. Come tune in Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central as our panel of hosts give you the insights on any questions that you that you have. Join Poetry, Dulce Diva, Free, Eddie King, and Armin Joy for his and hers. Monday, we have all my anime, comic, movies, gadget lovers. We have the Hangout. It's the show that's pretty much geared towards all of you. If, I mean, if you got a, any questions about any upcoming devices or you want to talk video games or comics, the Hangout has the Hangout covers all that. That show begins at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. And Wednesday, come chill with Chills Champ as we give you, this past week, we give you the news, we give you the highlights, we give you the scores updates. We give you everything that's going on in the world of sports, from NFL to PGA, from mixed martial arts, the NHL we will cover everything we don't hold nothing back here in the skybox not at all skybox is Wednesday every Wednesday at 9pm Eastern 8pm Central this is me your boy Chills and this is your boy DC People Share we out of here take care we'll see y'all next week remember follow us on Twitter T-S-O-T-S-P Productions and on Instagram, Two Sides of the Story. Holla! Also visit our Facebook page. Find us T-S-O-T-S Presents the Skybox slash Facebook. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.